Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. We are hosts, Chad Mitchell and David Finch. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Mitchell. I'm David Finch. And we're glad to be back with you for another study. If you listened to the last podcast, at the end of the podcast, we got to talking about the fact that if you um, change something in a procedure or, David, you had a friend that mixed two hair products together and made their own was able to patent that it no longer made it one or the other of what it started out to be it created something totally new and so in religion we're kind of talking about that if you add or take away um what jesus said it's no longer what jesus said it's no longer his church and so when we make those analogies and so prompted david to to uh, put together a lesson, and it's called um, Whole Counsel of God. And so we're going to be talking about that uh, for our study tonight. We're glad you're with us, and if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email, truthinagapelove at gmail.com. Um, and, of course, we see a lot of Blackfoot folks, at least if we can believe the, the analytics of this podcast, uh, listening we invite you to come worship with us. Please do. Uh, if you're in Blackfoot or, you know, you're traveling through, uh, we're on the way to Yellowstone. Yeah. Uh, we're on the way to Bear Lake. Oh, there's a lot of cool things to see around here in Idaho, and a lot of people are getting ready for their vacations. Swing in and worship with us. We'd love to have you. Um, 10 o'clock Sundays, um, 11 o'clock worship. So 10 o'clock class, 11 o'clock worship. And then we also have our Bible study on Wednesday evening at 7.30. And it's 370 North Schilling, Blackfoot, Idaho, 8221. However, however, next week, it's going to be on Tuesday. Oh, that's right. Yes. Just this one Tuesday. Yeah, next week is just on Tuesday uh, on account of someone's kids graduating. (laughs) We're not going to name names, but I think his name starts with a C and ends in Ad. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we're going to be attending that, so we've moved our Bible study to Tuesday evening. Um, this time of year, it gets very difficult to schedule all the things that get scheduled when you have kids in school, and it gets difficult sometimes. So, Well, and it's completely out of your control. It you is. Know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's not like you chose the day. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> um, seems like uh, there's always uh, conflicts that we deal with in life, um, but we'll still get our study in on Tuesday. Um, and so, with that, um, anything else? I think we can um, jump right in. Well, and kind of like I, if you are in the area, yeah, give me a call. Give us a shout out if you have any questions, any concerns, or anything. Just reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and and we love to listen too. Um, it's not like we're gonna just you know talk down your throat because yeah we love the bible we love studying the bible that's what we love to do preachers love to talk but we also like to listen sometimes too that's right and so um if you have any questions about the bible and you want to sit down and study or or text or call or whatever um we can we can give you our phone numbers if you reach out to us through the email or through facebook um we'd love to talk to you so uh yeah, the invite's open. We're, we're not going to um, bash anyone. We love to study the Bible. so That's right. Uh, we invite you to do that, um, and we'll, we'll do our best to share God's Word with you. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and jump in our study. All righty. So as 
as Chad was talking about, uh, we're going to start in John 12, 49 and 50. So here we understand that Christ only spoke what the Father told him to speak. And Christ knows that what the Father speaks is eternal life. So this is what, as Christ came down and, and walked among us, this is what he offers us, eternal life, through mm-hmm. his words. And so starting in verse 49 and 50 of John 12, he says, this is Christ speaking. He says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Now, this is something he never added to anything that the Father told him. He only spoke. You know, and this is something that no one else can accomplish, by the way. You know, Chad, somebody cuts us off, and a lot of times we are not speaking what God would speak, you know. (laughs) But... Well, and, and just, a, just a quick example, you know, when um, Judas betrayed Christ, you know, mm. um, he, 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 he accused the, the Pharisees, why didn't you arrest me in the, um, I, was, I studied with you daily in the, That's right. in the streets, why didn't you arrest me there? And then he says, because it is written, That's right. it had to fulfill the prophecies of this. That's right. And, and, and being betrayed by one that wasn't worthy of being alive. It was all with the Father, exactly. all the Father's and, will. And he knew that, even yeah. though he rebuked him and says, hey, why didn't you arrest me there? Because it is written, you know. That's right. And, and so everything happened exactly how God wanted it in order to prove that he was real. Yeah. Okay. And we've talked about the, the, the probabilities of it happening being prophesied a thousand years before or whatever, yeah. and then exactly happening exactly the way it, it was prophesied. Yeah, and we, we talked about that with when Heath was here yeah, we did. with us. Yeah, and, and, and that's it was an absolute impossibility. Yeah, and that that to me is a faith builder for us oh, because yeah. it's like you know what this is real. Like this, you can't predict this. Yeah, and and to show that Christ fulfilled everything as he is sitting there dying on the cross in in John nineteen. 28 through 30, it says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel mm-hmm. of full of sour wine was sitting there, and there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a hyssop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Yeah. So he right here, his work was done. Mm-hmm. You know, his that's the whole reason why he came to earth, is to fulfill the the will of the Father. Yeah. And without Christ doing this, there would be absolutely no hope for us. Yeah. You know, it, even when you look through the Old Testament, and this is not a part of the, the study, but even looking throughout the Old Testament, the blood of bulls and goats, you know, Hebrews dives into this, could never wash away sin. So even throughout the Old Testament, as they died under the old law, they still did 
did not have hope, but they died in in hope or in faith that Christ is going to come. Only the blood of Christ cleanses iniquity. Mm-hmm. So if Christ never came, all of those under the old law would not have had any hope either. And that's something, if you have any questions on that, reach out to us and, and we can, I'd love to dig into that with well, you. And, and that's what we're talking about is um, basically um, Christ followed the procedure that was laid out by the prophets. You that's know, right. When you, when you lay it out that way. And we, we, we he, I'm sorry, folks, you probably think we beat this like dead horse, but uh, it's, it's true. Like the, the procedure, anytime you change it, yeah. it's someone else's now. That's right. If, if I if I change a procedure of let's say welding or you know, and I brought up like a, a knee knee replacement procedure, if yeah. one doctor changes that procedure that's been set up by someone, now guess what? That's your procedure. You changed it, just that's like right. the hairspray thing. Yeah, two, well, two products together. Now all of a sudden, it's it can be called something totally different. That's right. Well, and Chad, like you know, you have to stick to. Mm-hmm. the the blueprints yeah and if you go away from those blueprints then it's on now me. it's yours now it's on my like, on me like yeah. it is literally yours and you will have to answer for exactly. it exactly the one who who did the blueprints he's off yeah. it's no longer his blueprints now they're your blueprints yeah they may be similar to but it's not the same exactly and and so and we're always trying to do that with patents like someone will be like that's right oh i'm gonna change this one thing and then it can be mine you know yeah Otherwise, I'll get sued because I made it exactly like this other guy's. And but it, we're always tweaking it and changing it that's and right. trying to get away with not val- uh, violating someone else's patent. Yep. Same thing. That's God's right. word is patented. Yeah. Christ followed it, you know. Yep. And, and lived, fulfilled it. And fulfilled it and lived it to a T. And then we come along and want to pick and choose. And that's, that's what right. we're talking about. You can't do that. Yeah. The second you do, guess what? It's the Church of Chad, you know. Yep. <laughs> because the I Church pulled, of David. And trust yeah. me, we can't save you. <laughs> no. We, we have no power for that. And yeah. That, that was the point of this whole lesson, basically, right. is just showing people that you can't go on your own and be like, well, I think... You know, yeah. this this would be a great work for us to do. Well, and, and a lot of times when I study with people, I, I bring it out. And, of course, I, I, I'm trying to be gentle when I do this. Sure. But let's say, for example, Chad, you say, well, I think or I feel. Mm-hmm. I come across and just be like, it doesn't matter what you or I think or feel or mm-hmm. even what we believe. Yeah. The only thing that matters is what does God say? Because yeah. Only the Word of God can save us. And we know, based off this John 12 that you just read... That's right. ...that it, it, Jesus did exactly as the Father commanded yeah. him. He didn't go on his own. He fulfilled what, what God commanded That's him right. to do. And and because the, the will of the Father is everlasting life. Mm-hmm. And only the will of the Father. And, and mm-hmm. so that's what's so important about the whole counsel of God. Mm-hmm. So... Here, what we're going to do, I'm going to be asking a couple questions, and we might be skipping through a little bit, but each question leads into another question, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's what we're going to be doing this evening. Um, And the first question is, is do we need the whole counsel of God, Mm -hmm. or can we just do most of it, or something like that? Do we need the whole counsel of God? And then when you look at Psalm 119, we're going to spend... There, there's, we're not going to spend a lot of time here, but we're going to be looking at two different passages in Psalm 119. So if you're listening along, please 
Turn there with me. Psalm 119, verse 160. That's right. 160 <laughs> in Psalm 119. I got Psalm it. 119 has, is, is the longest psalm. Yep. Um, and so Psalm 160 in, or Psalm 119, 160. Jack, can you read that yeah, for sure. us? It says, The entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. And I love how he puts it here. He says, the entirety of your word is truth. And and this is something that we can't overlook. If we only look at a part of the counsel of God, or let's say we don't like James, so we, we'll listen to everything except the book of James, right? Then it's not the whole counsel of God. And if it's not the whole counsel of God, then it's no longer truth. Mm-hmm. And that's something that that we need to understand. If it's if it's not the whole counsel of God, then you don't have the truth. And and that's what he's he's drawing out here. We have to consider the entirety of the counsel of God, his whole counsel. And be, if we don't, then we no longer have the truth. And then if you want to back up to to Psalm 119 verse uh 128. Okay. Chad, can you it? get that? Yeah. So, therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right. I hate every false way. And again, so here he's talking about all your precepts concerning all things. And notice he says, I consider to be right. So it, it's it, it, kind of like I, I, I wish my children listened, listened to me this way, right? Mm-hmm. I say it, okay, then uh, that's right. No matter no matter what they think or what they feel. Like, Chad, like, hmm? I believe this. Well, if it contradicts the Word of God, then you know what? I consider God's way to be right. And, mm-hmm. and that's what he's talking about. No matter how we feel or what we believe, yeah. if God says different, now that's right. You know, and I consider that to be right over anything else. And then he goes on to... This last uh, sentence, I hate every false way. Yeah, and so, did you have something to add? Yeah, to that? I got, I got something, but it, Go it'll take a bit. Go ahead. That's okay. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if you've been following this um, Chad and Tammy Daybell case. Uh huh. So maybe some of you folks have seen it because it's a national story right here in Idaho. Okay, and what it is, uh, it's on YouTube. Guys, you can go watch 48 Hours on YouTube for free, okay? (laughs) And it's got every episode about the Daybell case. You know, her kids went missing, come to find out. They were buried in the backyard. There's a whole bunch. It's um, sex, money, and power, basically, is what this whole, you could sum it up in those three words. But what what, what I'm pointing out here is, like they killed their husband, they killed their wives so that they could be together, Chad and Tammy. Oh okay. wow. And she just got convicted of conspiracy to murder of Chad's wife. Okay. And then and her kids, so her two kids. So she just got convicted. Guilty 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 six or seven charges. Okay. Anyways, uh so I watched the forty eight hours doc uh hour long thing on uh YouTube last night about the the case and one of the things that they said that kind of stuck out to me is tammy thought chad was basically like a modern day jesus okay 
Oh wow. Okay. So, um, and they said, and they they were going to be a part of the hundred and forty eight thousand or whatever. Oh, 144,000. There you go. Hundred forty four thousand. Right. Okay. My point is, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is, they felt that was a strong feeling for them. They're kind of doomsdayers, okay? Right. Um, the, the world's going to end, and they predicted it was going to end in 2020, okay? When we were going through all the COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. I think July or something. Well, by that time, they were in prison. They were in jail already. And, and look, here it is, guess 2023. What? It's 2023, <laughs> in almost June now. Yeah. Um, and the world hasn't ended yet, but... You talk, what made me think of it is you talk about people, boy, I I just feel like, David, you're Jesus. What should we do? You know? Yeah. And you you start adding all these things. He says, I hate every false way. Yeah. And he, you know, and then what was the other one that I read? Psalm Uh, 160. Or 119, 160. Yeah. One of these times you're going to get that right, David. The entirety of your word is yeah, truth. It's truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Now, so the entirety is your truth. So they didn't follow the Bible. Okay. Yeah. All right. Right. To a T. Um, they, they added and took away whatever fit what they were trying to do. Yeah. And they believed it very wholeheartedly and it doesn't matter to the point where they felt like their children were zombies and needed to die Hmm. and they had to die a certain way in order to keep the spirit from going into someone else wow yeah i mean it's it's nuts now that is probably like the farthest extreme you could get okay right even something little but uh Changes what God. So let me get this straight, though. They thought they were doing the work of the Lord, though. Oh, sure. See, that's what's that right there is what we're talking about. Yeah, you know, they thought they were doing right, and and then the things that they predicted never came true. Right. And and we and so what 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 we can do today is really learn from that. Okay, we can see how silly it is when we're looking from the inside out or from the outside in. Okay. Yep. And. And but this is this is what it can splinter to. And that's why we have to make sure we're doing following the whole counsel of God. Yeah. You know. And not not veering off and adding our own things to it or taking away because when you start doing that, your lamp your light is is taken away. Taken away. That's right. And that's what we're we're gonna get to that. Yeah. But, but so anyways, I didn't mean to slow us down or nothing. No, that, that's I'm actually just, so much better than the uh the example I was going to use, so that works great. Well, and, and, and those of you who uh, watch the news or pay attention to some of the current events going on, because that was kind of a big one. That the kids were missing for so long, no one knew where they were, and it was a big missing. And she would never answer the questions on where the kids were, you know. And so it just it just blew up, and it was a national story real quick. Yeah. And uh, so so a lot of the folks listening may have heard of this story of this case or you can go find it <laughs> and um it's it's really interesting how far off we can get you yep. know uh when we start following a man that's right well and you know you bring up the revelation you know it, where oh, they, 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 used, the yeah, they used a, a lot of that the, the doomsday and all that 
you know, in order to believe that, you have to accept and believe that the rest of the Bible is wrong. Yeah. And so that's where you want, that's where you have to ask yourself, well, how can we consider the whole counsel of God if Revelation contradicts everything else? Mm-hmm. Which, of course, Revelation does not. It's figurative language, you know, and when you read Daniel and Ezekiel, it's the same kind of figurative language. Mm-hmm. And so it was written for comfort for the Christians, the, the seven churches of Asia who needed to hear these words in Revelation. Mm-hmm. And so that's how you know when, when you're when you're reading that, understand Revelation 1, 1 through 3, he talks about things that will soon to pass. Mm-hmm. Not 2,000 years later, soon to pass. Mm-hmm. You know, and as, as he talks about the, the 400 years of slavery, he calls that a while. Okay? So, soon to pass has to be less than that 400 years that they were enslaved in Egypt. So, understanding, you know, and even First John 2 talks about how we are in the last days already. So, they prophesied that they were going to die in 2020, or the world's going to end in 2020. Yeah. And that made me think of Deuteronomy 18, 21 and following. God says, and if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, Mm -hmm. that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. So, you know, throughout the years, (laughs) there has been a lot of failed prophecies. I would would like to... uh uh, like in the radio, they call it a montage, or sometimes video, a montage of people saying something like they'll do the news, all the different news people, and they are all saying exactly the same thing. So it's like someone told them exactly what to say. Yeah. Uh, but I would love to hear a montage of people predicting the end of the world, because I don't know if we got... It would it'd be like a 15, 20-hour movie. Probably, probably. <laughs> you know, and because the, how many people have predicted the end of the world? Yeah, probably thousands. Yeah, and they never, they never consider what Christ says. The I can't remember. It's of Jeffs. Um, he was the first leader. It wasn't Warren Jeffs. It was his dad. I can't remember his name. Of the fundamentalists. Yes. Okay. He and he predicted the end. Or no, maybe it was Warren Jeffs. It was Warren Jeffs. He predicted the end of the world in the 2002 Olympics. Okay? Okay. Um, In Salt Lake City, and so they all fled to southern Utah because that was going to be the Zion or whatever. And it didn't happen, and they still followed him. I don't understand how uh, you could proclaim to be a prophet and predict something like that, and then when it doesn't happen... I would write them off. Like I'd be like, "Are you yeah. kidding me?" You know, I and, could I could do this. And, <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like it's like calling the weather. You know, yeah. You know, it's like well, uh, it I think, was a nice try. Yeah, I think the wind's gonna blow about <laughs> about three miles an hour. You know, <laughs> you know. Well, and, and you know, it, I understand how hard it would be to give up your entire belief. Well, you and know, and, that's it. And yeah. I'm not trying to to downplay. Um, people who who believed in him or anything like that but it, it's you have to face the truth yeah you know and 
When he's proven wrong, then you know that well, he's not a prophet of God. When God's prophets predicted something, it happened 100% of That's the time. That's right. There's nowhere in the Bible where something was prophesied and it didn't come true. That's right. And, you know, even um, even Christ talks about this. You know, throughout Scripture, we it, it points out that his prophets are correct 100% of the time. And 100%. if they are not, then they were not a prophet of God. That's right. You know, and... We can and, get uh, lucky. We can get lucky sometimes. Everyone can get lucky. Yeah. And, and it, it's... What's so but you're interesting, never going to be 100%. Right. And, and what's so interesting about these uh, prophecies is they're very specific. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like yeah, right. war is going to happen in the future sometime. That's just a... And actually, well, that's a, a given. Given, you know, yeah. yeah. But but the thing is, like, even the prophecies of Christ included his enemies doing exactly as yeah. was prophesied. How do you control your enemy? You can't. No. Yeah. So even the enemies, you know. And sorry, folks, we're beating this up, but it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's so true. It's yeah. like it's like the key. To building your faith is understanding that this happened, you know? Well, and think of it like this, you know, when you are planning on building a house, mm-hmm. if you have you lay the foundation, and if you lay the foundation out, and then you, you begin to have cracks in the foundation, are you mm-hmm. going to build your house on it? Mm-mm. No, that, that would be idiotic, you know, and... That's the stupidest thing you could do because mm. your house is going to fall apart because the foundation itself is not solid. And so, you know, when when you follow a prophet and it doesn't come true, and, and that's a cracked foundation. Why would you continue to build your faith on that cracked foundation? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, You know, only Christ and what he says and, and the, the prophets throughout Scripture, only the Bible is a solid foundation, you know, mm-hmm. that was laid out, you know, and, and he talks about the, the prophets and apostles. So he's talking about the word, the whole counsel of God, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, this is the whole counsel of God. We have to look at it all, you know, and the Old Testament supports the New Testament. Yeah. We no longer live under the old law, but we learn from it. Yeah. We, we learn who God is. We learn what he expects out of us. Mm-hmm. And we understand how he is. Well, I think, uh, too, also think about the uh, the failures that we get to learn from. You know, Brother Heath pointed That's out right. the fact, like, why do we have the story of David and Bathsheba? Yeah. If, if it was written by a man, they would kind of protect him and go... Eh, maybe we shouldn't tell that story, you know, of David. Yeah. You know, that's kind of embarrassing. Because these are the, the heroes of faith. Yeah, you exactly. Know? He's, he's, he's known as a man after God's own heart. Yeah. Right? Or was that Saul? No, nope. no, it's David. That's David. Man after God's own heart. Committed the most heinous crime you yeah. could even come up with. You know, he... And it wasn't just um, adultery. You know, murder. sleeping with another man's wife. But then... He tried to cover it up. He brought her husband back in. Yeah, so that to try to if, to it, lay with her. That's right. He to cover up it. a pregnancy or and, whatever. And her, yeah, and but here's the thing: he was so dedicated to 
to David, mm-hmm. he wouldn't do that to him and, and his army. Yeah. You know, her husband was like, no, everyone else is out in tents. Why, mm-hmm. why should I have the privilege of laying with my wife? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't do it. Yeah. And then... And then he puts him on the front lines. Yeah, David puts him on the front lines mm-hmm. in the hottest battle mm-hmm. to kill him. Yeah. That is... David went to great lengths to cover up the adultery. And, but here's the thing. Under the old law, David was deserving of death. That's mm-hmm. why he covered it up. Adultery yeah. was deserving of death. Yeah. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to he didn't want to face that music. Yeah. So then he covered it up with yeah. murder. So then once she's dead, he can bring in Bathsheba. Sure. And now you now cover we're it all up. good. Yeah. And and my point is we get a whole picture. It's the whole picture. It's not biased. That's right. It's not any of that. It's exactly what God wanted us to know, and he wanted us to learn from the bad things. That's right. He wanted us to learn from the the things that are embarrassing. Yeah. You know, we get the full picture. But it it's also encouraging to us because they weren't perfect. It doesn't justify it doesn't justify us either. No. Well, well if David can do it, I can do it. It right. doesn't justify us. But you see what they do after. And that's what makes them the the great men of faith that they are. Yeah. After they failed, they turned back to God. He knew. That's what I love up. about Peter. That's what I love about David. Yeah. You know, they turned back to God. Mm-hmm. That was Judas's greatest sin. Oh, yeah. Really was he actually repented. He felt guilty for what he did to Christ, betraying him. But instead of turning back to Christ and following him, he went and hung himself. Yeah. And so that's the difference. You know, that's where we see, yes, we're going to slip up. Even the great men of faith did. But also continue to be like those great men of faith and turn back to God. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to do. Um, now, that's way off subject. Uh, sorry about that. I, no, I, we, we went down a rat, big rabbit hole, but it was good. It was good. I hope this y'all, is what's fun about the podcast, though. I hope you all enjoyed it. We better get to the next question, right? That's right. And so... We have to consider the whole counsel of God because if we don't, then then we um, we lose the truth. Yeah, we lose the truth and we we believe a lie. How scary would it be, Chad, if if you believe something your entire life, mm-hmm. but it was a lie? Yeah, you it know, would not be good. Dedicating your life to the Lord in vain—that's yeah. the scariest thing. And you know, so many people just like. For example, if somebody murdered someone and they were brought in for questioning and they convinced the detectives that he was telling the truth, you know, the the suspect was telling the truth, just because they believed it, does that make it true? No. They just, you know, the detectives would have believed a lie. And we understand that concept. He's still guilty. He's just not being, you know... Brought in for questioning for it. Mm-hmm. And so, we must believe the whole counsel of God and only the whole counsel of God. And then, here's a question that we have to ask ourselves. This, this brings us into this next point. Can you be a Christian and not use the whole Bible? Yeah. Can you actually be a Christian and not heed the whole counsel of God? Well, let's start... Where we started John this 12. evening, John 12, but back up to verse 46, and we'll read through 48. You know, we, we read 49 and 50. 
Let's back up to 46 through 48. Chad, do you want to start there? Oh, sure. I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do... Um, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. So here we see that the word that Christ has spoken, the word of God, is going to judge us. This is what's going to judge us. Nothing else. This is what's going to judge us. But this is also what makes God just. Because if you, if you think about it, he has laid it open for all to read it. Mm-hmm. He has made it available for everyone to read it. Now we, with technology, it's at the tip of our fingers, on our phones, on our tablets, on our computer, whatever you got. Mm-hmm. You can download the Bible. You have it in front of you. He has given it to us, but it's up to you to study it. You know, it, and I think of like a a cop. Let's say, you know, um, here we are in Idaho, and we're driving, say, to Wyoming. And mm-hmm. let's say in Wyoming, you know, we have a load in the back of our truck, right? Idaho does not require us to tie it down, but let's say Wyoming does. Mm-hmm. I don't know the law, so it may be right or wrong, but using this as an example here. So we don't tie down the load, Chad, and we start heading into Wyoming. Well, Wyoming requires us to tie the load down so as we drive into wyoming the cop pulls us over he pulls us over and he's like well you're not tying your load down chad you're driving you know because i don't know the laws <laughs> but but so you you tell the cop look i didn't know officer so you can't give me a ticket hmm. what's that officer going to tell you uh, you got to read the rules. Yeah, it's your responsibility to read the rules you know a even better example of that is a motorcycle helmet Okay, yeah, good example. Because uh, in some states, they're not required. That's right. In other states, they are, and they will pull you over and give yeah. you a ticket. And that's I a very suppose good they'll have very much sympathy for you for not nope. knowing. And and that's just it. Like, the cop's job is to enforce the law, mm-hmm. not to tell you about the law. Yeah. So, you, perfect example, right? Mm-hmm. So, say in Idaho, you don't need a, a helmet, but Which in Wyoming, you, you do. You don't need a motorcycle yeah. helmet And, in and I don't think you need it in Wyoming, either. But, I grew up in Wyoming. Uh, California, yes. Okay, so let's say we're traveling to California. And, it, and uh, I'm not sure about Washington or Oregon. They might require them, too. Probably. So, as soon as you cross the border, boom. That's right. You could be pulled over. Yep, and it doesn't matter whether you know the law or not. Mm-hmm. It is your responsibility as the driver to know the rules and regulations. You can play stupid. You can play dumb. Yeah. But it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And and I guess the, the analogy that you're trying to make is if we get to heaven or we get to the judgment day. Yeah. And we say, oh, I didn't know. We, we can't blame. We can't place ignorance. You know, we you can't know, say God. going to say? I didn't know. So you can't judge me on it. No. He has laid it down and he, he wrote it out for us to understand it and to abide by it. A great example is, and I don't know if we're going there, is the rich man and Lazarus. Yeah, very good point. Because what did God tell the rich man when he wanted Lazarus to go and warn his family? Yeah. He said, nope. They have Moses and the prophets. That's right. They Let them hear them. If they, It's not going to make any difference if you go back and tell them because they have Moses and the prophets. Yeah. They won't listen to a dead person either. No. Yeah, very good point. And 
And here in Acts 17, verse 30, God commands us to repent. So, Acts 17, verse 30, says, Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. So God expects and demands us to read His Word, study it, meditate in it, and abide by it. I like the next one there, the next verse there, 31. Yeah, read it. Uh, Because He has appointed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by the man, man whom He has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising Him from the dead. Yep. That man is Jesus. That man is Jesus. That's right. And there's going to be a day. We don't know when. Yep. But do you want to predict it, David? The day? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to what Christ <laughs> says. Mark thirteen thirty two. Oh, okay. All right. Christ That's a good says, idea. <laughs> Christ says, but of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. That what, is what the, was that again? Mark what? Mark thirteen thirty two. Okay. Only the Father. That is His glory. Mm-hmm. That is a part of His glory. He is the only one that knows. Yeah. Not even Christ knew. And this is what's, you know, that's what's beautiful. That's the Father's glory. So anyone who tries to predict a day and tries to be specific, 2002, July 22nd at 2 o'clock, you know, whatever, you can be however specific. That's the only time I can guarantee you that it's not going to end. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love the I love the the parable that he tells after this, you know, in Mark, yeah. because he talks about a um, well, it's like a man. Can I read it? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowning of the uh, crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Now this reminds me when I was a kid and my folks would go, somewhere <laughs> yeah and they'd say you better have the dishes done before you get before we get home yep and you're like oh we got all night man we don't have to do them right now <laughs> right yep or, or whatever chore it was you know and so you just waste time and waste time and waste time guess what they're coming <laughs> in the driveway with the lights you know yep like you know and so uh that's how it could be for us in our life if that's we don't right. take take this serious Now, the smart kid gets the chores done right away, and then you can do whatever you want, which makes a lot of sense, right? Yep. No, terrible idea. Terrible idea. I'm sure everyone listening has experienced something like this. Yep. Because you think you have all the time in the world, and all of a sudden, it's 1030. That's right. Here comes mom and dad back, you know? Yep. (laughs) And now, so back to that original question, do we have to keep the whole law or just most of the commandment Mm -hmm. or half of the commandments or, you know over half or whatever James 2 9 and 10 here he says but if you show partiality you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point he is guilty of all so here yeah that's you can 
That's huge. If you keep the whole council except one thing, yeah, you are guilty of all because you're a transgressor. See, this is something um, Catholics specifically they they almost rate sin, mm-hmm. right? Where, and I'm not saying that they're the only ones that do this, but there's the only ones that come to mind where. Um, depending on what you do, you go confess it, yeah. and that'll depend on what you have to do. I think to they're repent. the ones that came up with the little white light. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, if you, you know, if you murder, you got to say a hundred Hail Marys or yeah. something like that. And if you tell a little white light, maybe just one Hail Mary. They have, they have made this way to where we start rating sin among ourselves. Yeah. You know when. Here's a very strong point. Turn over to uh, Revelation 21.8. I, I just want to say something real quick. This really drives this one in James. really drives home the point of the procedure, okay? Or, or an inspection, okay? Like, if you ever had your house inspected by the inspector? Oh, yeah. And it's great. You're going through, but there's one thing. Guess what? You're still not getting approval. Yep. One thing wrong. Yeah. And oh, boy, is it maddening, right? Yeah, and and so this really drives the point home when you, when you, go off on your own, away from the standard. Yeah, it's still wrong. He says it right here. Yeah, you're still, um, you're not keeping the law. Yeah, and uh, Revelation twenty one eight. Listen to the the list of things. Oh yeah, that will not, well, that will not make it into heaven. But not only that will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. Yeah. Uh, in verse 8 of Revelation 21, he says, But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So here... That's the, a pretty good the list. Little, the little white lie... Mm-hmm. Here it says all liars. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're trying to, if you lie to not offend someone, it's still a lie. Yeah, there's no categories. Right. And so, but notice how the little white liar is going to the same place as a murderer. Mm-hmm. You're a transgressor of the law. So everyone tries to have like this, thinks of law like, or thinks of sin like, you know, adultery and murder, That that's... A really bad sin, and then a white lie that's not too bad, you <laughs> yeah. know. And, and we, we think God will overlook that. We, we're in a world of categorizing things, yeah. And but it's the same, you're you have transgressed the law. It doesn't matter if you transgress it on the left side or on the right side, mm-hmm. you transgress the law. Now, this is not to say we're, I'm not trying to sit here and say that you know, once you're baptized into Christ, that you can't sin anymore. That's, well, and another thing to point out too is Christ will forgive you of these. That's right. You can be forgiven of these. You know. Uh, that's right. If if you turn away from them. Yeah, and 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 this is not to say that we have to live perfectly. Yeah. You know, even um, throughout Scripture, like First John one nine, as he's talking to Christians, so those are who have already been baptized into Christ, he says, "Confess your sins," mm-hmm. and then Acts. 8.22, as he's talking to Simon the sorcerer, who has already been baptized, he tells him to repent and pray. So we have steps for when we fall short 
of the glory of God, even after we put on Christ in baptism, Galatians 3.27, you know, there's still a way back to the Lord. So even after you have been baptized, you can still fall from the Lord. And and that's that's what's important in these passages is it's not once saved, always saved. You can still sin, and sin separates you from God. Uh, Isaiah 59.2, iniquity separates you from God. And all this is, how can I put it, all this that we're talking about, what we're trying to say is we strive for perfection. This mm. is what we're striving to do. When our heart is right with the Lord, we, we try in every way, shape, and form to not sin. That doesn't mean we're not going to. That means that if we do, we turn back to the Lord. Yeah. You know, just like Peter, after he denied Christ, he came back to the Lord. And then after that, we see that he was showing partiality when he was sitting with the Gentiles and the Jews came around. He tried to separate himself, you know, as it talks about in Galatians 2, where Paul had to publicly rebuke him. Yeah. Right? So he sinned yet again. But then he came back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and two, one thing that we see, getting the whole picture, like with Peter, um, you know, it made him stronger. That sin that he committed made him stronger. Yeah. It was it was a down, you know, uh, it was a downtime or a low moment in his life, you might say. Yep. And he realized it. And it made him stronger. He came back stronger. That's right. You know, so with every adversity like that and every sin, we're going to come back stronger. And that's, yeah, and, and that's a really strong point to bring out because at the end of Peter's life, he died confessing Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. outside sources show that he was he was hung upside down on a cross because he didn't want to be hung the way his Savior was. Yeah. So they turned the cross upside down and hung him that way. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it... it so that's important for us to understand. These passages are talking about how we need to strive for perfection. We, we need to seek the whole counsel of God and live by it. It doesn't mean that we're going to fit. We're not going to fail, but rather it just means we need to get back up and serve Christ more diligently. Mm-hmm. Now, which question are we on? Uh, the second do we need one. the whole counsel of God? The second yeah. one, yeah. Um, now, let's actually go down to the, the last question, because this one is a, is a good one, and I want to make sure we have yeah. time. Yeah, we got 15 minutes. Okay, good. So, if I believe in Christ, but I don't heed the whole counsel of God, then what am I? And what I mean by this is, you know, we can't call ourselves Christians if we don't heed the whole counsel of God. Yeah. We no longer follow Christ. That was the point that we said. I mean, you change That's one right. thing on the hairspray, it's not that hairspray. That's right. You you now have your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so if I don't follow the whole counsel of God, then what am I? Even mm-hmm. if I believe in Christ. Well, the first thing we need to point out is that means that you're a vain worshiper. Mm-hmm. And that's scary, too. And we, we talked about that a little bit, too, Chad, where... You know, believing something your entire life and doing it in vain. Well, and a lot of the religions today bear the name of a man. That's right. And so, guess what? They mixed some of their own stuff in with it, and it was called after them. Yeah. Even if they didn't want to be called it called after them, it was called after them. That's right. And so, it's the same thing we're talking about. I could do the same thing. 
Yep. And and it would be called after me because guess what? I changed it enough to where it's mine. Yeah. It, it, it's happened. Every religion has That's a story right. like that. Yeah. Right? And, you know, a lot of times people don't think that this is possible. You know, well, I believe in Christ, so I'm a Christian. Well, mm. Christ himself says in Matthew 15, 8 and 9, you know, as he's talking to the, the scribes and Pharisees, he says, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Yeah. So this is this is the issue that they had. They held the traditions of their elders and their forefathers, and they held them as equal to the commandments of God. Yeah. And not only that, we, we talked about this a little bit in the past. They've actually built hedges around the law so that people can't even get to the law to break it. And mm-hmm. whether they it was their purest intent to just make sure they can't break the law, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You didn't have the right to do that, mm-hmm. you know. And so they they built up these hedges around the law. Those were the commandments of men, and they held them as doctrine, as doctrine. It, they held it as equal to the word of God, mm-hmm. you know. And we see this today too with even with brethren you know um they feel like perhaps every woman needs to wear um a dress past the knees yeah. and they have to wear a dress and and mm-hmm. they have it in their head well nowhere does it say that in scripture you know nowhere does it say that the woman has to wear a shirt or has to wear a skirt down below the knees. Yeah. They can't wear pants or, or whatever the case is. I think a great example of that, too, is just um, cultures. Um, you That's know, right. The, the Filipinos that we know. Yeah. Um, when they, you know, when you're talking about dress, there's a lot to a culture. Yeah. Because uh, for them, I can't remember what they call it, but it's, it's like a button-down shirt. That's equal to wearing a suit and tie here. Yeah. Okay. And even over, like, so when you get to talk about things like that, it's culture-wise. It, there's no commandment in the Bible that says, okay, if you're going to teach God's word, you need to wear a suit and tie. That's right. There's nowhere that it says that. Yep. Just exactly what you're describing. There's a lot of those things that people want to uh, enforce. Yep. Or you know, either enforce or take away from the word of God. Yeah, You right. know, we're... And it can just divide over something silly like that. It can. Well, and let's say, for example, you brought up the suit and tie. So let's say, as I'm preaching here at Blackfoot Church of Christ, and I start, every man has to wear a suit, period, Mm -hmm. on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's no longer the Church of Christ. It's the Church of David. Mm -hmm. Because my belief is now enforced. Mm -hmm. That is the commandment of man, Mm -hmm. not God. And so anytime you do this, let's say you mix the Word of God, and you start with the Word of God, but then you you bring in some of your own Mm think-so, and and some of your own, then what are you? Well, Mm -hmm. you become, say, Catholic, you become a Mormon, Pentecostal, Lutheran, or Baptist, or Mm -hmm. or take your pick, whatever you are. Mm -hmm. But you're no longer the Church of Christ. You're no longer the Church that Christ established. And that's what we're trying to get to. If you don't follow the whole 
counsel of God and only the whole counsel of God. Well, and this is probably a good a good subject because, like, what did Paul wear when he was preaching? We don't know. It didn't matter. If That's it right. did, he would have wrote it down. That's right. Amen. Uh, and, I mean, obviously he wasn't, um, because there's modesty, indecency talked about in the Bible. Yeah. Obviously he wasn't wearing nothing. Right. You know, he was wearing something, but it wasn't an issue. Yeah. Um, although, maybe that to go into the temple, I think they had rules, but those were rules. Those, Jewish those were old rules That's from, right. from the old law, and maybe some of those carried over. And, of course, you, you don't want to violate someone's conscience either. Yeah. And say, uh, you know, because uh, we don't want people to get uncomfortable. You wear what's right and proper in your mind. That's right. Um, so that you're not a distraction. Yeah. If you're if you're waiting on the table, you probably shouldn't be wearing a Budweiser shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, exactly. Like, oh, boy. Th- that is There's a immodest. back story that, to that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's actually happened. Yeah. And so... That's not a good especially thing to today have. with the Bud Light uh, controversy. Oh, that yeah. one fly. That one right. fly. <laughs> but notice, notice Revelation two five. Now okay. I'm going to just pick in the middle of this verse. Now understand that the Church of Ephesus in Revelation two one through five. This congregation was doing everything right. They were studying. They were doing everything right, except they. It says that they lost their first love in verse four. Notice what they were told to do. In the, in the middle of Revelation 2.5, he says, Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your, st- your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. So here, he's the only thing they, they were doing is they weren't doing it with the right heart. They were studying. They were doing great work for the Lord. Except they lost their first love. Their heart was not in it. What's that in verse 6 he's talking about there? He says, um, but this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Nicolaitans, which, 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 I, also which hate. I also hate. Yeah. So there was something there that they were doing wrong. They were bringing something in. or No, he, he was saying, you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. He said, which I also hate. Okay. So... And what's funny is I'm actually not there. Um, let me let me get over there. Sorry. I, no, you're good. I just I know that they were they were doing something wrong. They they weren't following the the full pattern, or their hearts weren't in it, or their hearts weren't right. Right. Yeah, their heart wasn't right. Yeah. And and that's that's all that we're told about them. So they were doing they were doing great work. They're uh, he says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. Mm-hmm. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and mm-hmm. have found them liars. Mm-hmm. And you have preserved and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. This is great work. Yeah. But nevertheless, I have this against you that you left your first love. Mm-hmm. So that's really all it says about it. And then even, so after this in verse 6, he says, um, where am I at? But this you have that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And so he's he's actually commending him. He says, "Yeah, you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. I hate them as well. Their their deeds yeah. are are wicked, and yeah. you hate them, and so do I. So that's again commending them. Mm-hmm. You're doing good, except you left your first love. Except there's one thing. Yeah, and and that's what that's what we were talking about. So we we always portray ourselves as to, we we will always want to be a shining light. Yeah, for God." 
that that's where this comes from because we do not want our light lampstand turned out yeah because god will just shut it off and we're not of him anymore and and when we become a part of christ's body you know we are the body of christ mm-hmm. and we are set in our place mm-hmm. our job is to do his work when we start going outside of his word to do work then we are going outside of our place we have we have removed ourselves we may not know it that's why this is written though we may not know it we remove ourselves yeah we better repent and come back into his word and keep ourselves in our set place or else we're out for good yeah yeah and and that's something that is very important for us to understand and then let's turn over to um, Ephesians 2, 19-22, to help emphasize this keeping ourselves set in our place. Starting in verse 19 of Ephesians 2, he says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So notice this context. We He... In verse 20, he talks about the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So this is from Genesis all the way to Revelation. This is where it's being built. And Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. The focus throughout all Scripture is Christ, right? Mm -hmm. The Old Testament points to Christ. Christ came. And then the rest of the Scripture, the apostles with the epistles are pointing back at Christ. Christ is the the chief cornerstone. He is the center of attention there. And so all the prophets and apostles preach Christ. They they all point to Christ. And so we have to build on that foundation. Mm-hmm. Christ is the foundation. Even the apostles and prophets built on that foundation. And so we must build on that foundation. Mm-hmm. If we are not building on that foundation and going outside of that, then we are no longer on that foundation. You know, and, and I use the analogy, um, which may be a little bit harder to understand, but let's say I have a 12-foot plank, which is like a, a 12 by 2, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's 12 foot long. I put 6 feet of it on the foundation, hanging off 6 feet of the foundation, and then I start building on that plank that is not on that foundation. Yeah. It eventually will break under mm-hmm. the fold. Because there's no foundation underneath it. You know, you can't build a building off the side of the foundation. Yeah. It's going to collapse on itself. Uh, you might, um, yeah. Like, I think of um, taking out a wall that's a load-bearing wall. Yeah. <laughs> the, the roof's going to fall in. Good luck okay. with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, Christ is that cornerstone. We need him. We can't yeah. change it. We, we have to, we have to um, build on him. Because yeah. anything else is not going to work. Yeah. And so we need to uh, heed to the Word of God in its entirety. Mm-hmm. The whole counsel of God is important. We can't build half of it on the Word of God and half of it on the Word of man. 
because now you no longer belong to Christ. You no longer follow Christ. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the word Christian means a follower of Christ. It does not mean a believer in Christ. Mm -hmm. So just because you believe in Christ doesn't mean that you can call upon his name. Luke 6.46. I'm going to turn over there real fast. Luke 6.46. Notice here. Okay, you got one. I got one. Okay. So let me get mine done real fast. <laughs> Go ahead. Luke 6.46. And this is Christ speaking. He says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things in which I say? We can't even call upon him if we don't do what he says. Yeah. It doesn't matter if we believe in him or not. And and he's talking about those who believe in Christ. Yeah. They're calling on the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. We have no right to call upon him if we don't do what he says. That's right. So now you're So the next the one I'm gonna <laughs> read is um Second Peter three nine. Oh good one. Because you know, if you want to like maybe some of you don't agree with everything we're saying, we're just we're just relaying what God has said. That's okay? right. Just passing on the, the knowledge from God's word. Um, don't blame me. Because God has promised all these things. We're just the messengers. We're just the messengers. So if we read um, 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Yeah. And that's his desire. That's right. He's not trying to make it complicated. He's he's given us the law. He's given us the the guidance. It's up to us, like you said. Yeah. You know we if we if we if the law changes when we cross state lines, it's us up to us to understand that. That's right. You know, and the same with God. It's up to us to understand what God's saying. We can't blame it on anyone else. We can't say. We can't blame it on our spouse. We can't blame it on our brother, our sister. None of that. Yeah. It's up to us. So. And John 8.32, Christ says, um, And you shall know the truth, yeah. and the truth shall set you free. Yeah. The truth is the Word of God in its entirety. Mm -hmm. And you know, when, when uh, some of the followers of Christ were starting to Turn away from them. Mm -hmm. Turn away from Christ. In John 6, 68, in, in verse 67, Christ turns to his disciples and says, Do you want to go away also? Mm -hmm. But then Peter, his, his great faith in the Lord, in verse 68, it says, But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Mm -hmm. Only Christ has the words of eternal life. Yeah. And the the epistles throughout the the rest of the New Testament are the words of Christ that were hidden during the the gospel. Mm -hmm. And and so these the whole word of God is written in scripture. Yep. Only the word of God is what can save us. Mm -hmm. And that's why why would you go anywhere else except the word of God? Yep. Only the Word of God has eternal life. Yep. And that's I think it. that's a great place to end. That's it. That's a great place to end. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, give us a like and a share. Subscribe so you know when there's a new episode. Um, and tell your friends. And we really appreciate you uh, listening to us today. And, and we'll be looking forward to next week. Uh, probably on Tuesday. This Tuesday time, night, yep. Um, for another study with you. So thanks again. We'll see Thank you later. Thank you, everyone.